The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome, everyone. So as we usually do, we'll wait another minute or two. But for those of you who are already here, it's a really important time for us to create this loving and wise space together, as strange as it might be using this online world, the Zoom world, that this is what we have. And there are actually some advantages because people can come, it's in a way more accessible this way, but it may not feel as real or as intimate when we're in a room together. So whatever that can look like for you to sense that we're not alone and that we can on purpose align with our spiritual ancestors from the past and our spiritual friends today who are here with us and even those who can't be here or those who practice in other ways. But in a way we're in an emotional way, actually, devotional way, we're trying to feel that we're part of something that's deep and wide. And this, you could articulate it in any number of ways, but we're part of this deep and wide attraction to healing, to release, to awakening, to freedom, to a, a love that doesn't, isn't bound in any way, isn't confused by very real difference. This is part of what has always drawn me to the Buddhist teachings because he uh, seems like a lot in the way he taught. He started in this very sobering way, talking about the truth, the very ordinary and the very real truth of suffering suffering and the end of suffering. Some of you know that teaching where the Buddha held up a few leaves, they were in the middle of a big forest, <clears throat> and said, are there more leaves in my hand or leaves in the forest? And the people that were with him, they got it. Yeah, there's more leaves in the forest than the very few leaves that are in your hand. And the Buddha says, thus so. <clears throat> what I have come to understand is quite a bit but when I'm teaching, I only talk about suffering and the end of suffering because that's what's relevant. And, you know, when we think about our interests, generally our interests in life, it's, you know, there's a multitude of interests, new movies, new songs, new places to eat, foods to eat, new conversations to have. I mean, it's really endless what we can think about and do and engage and it's not like any of that diversity of things that our mind is interested in. It's not that any of that is essentially bad. It just can take us away from what is really, truly the issue, issue at hand, which is we human beings, we suffer, and there's a possibility of release. And when we neglect this sort of sobering, grounding truth, there is suffering and there is a release, <clears throat> We tend to fall in habits where we're contributing to suffering without knowing it, <clears throat> where we're complicit 
in terms of how I'm relating and what I'm doing, were complicit to planting seeds for my own suffering and for the suffering of others. And on and on and on it goes. So even though it can initially feel a little, I don't know if morbid is the right word, but depressing, heavy, to sort of remember and stay connected with our own truth of brokenness, woundedness, heaviness, doesn't mean that defines our life completely. But no matter our moments of real happiness, lightness, joy, there is a pervasive uneasiness that we can learn to stay true to. And there's some initial happiness in just being invited not to be in denial of the pain, the heaviness, the existential anxiety that is there. We don't have to hide from it or deny it or pretend. And then all of a sudden we it's easier to connect, like with this group right here. And we're about to sit for 35 minutes or so together and just to realize the shared ground, right? This is what we share, that we human beings with sensitive hearts, thinking minds, we share this uneasiness of heart. Anybody here have absolutely no uneasiness of heart ever? No, this is our sort of what we share together. And hopefully we share some authentic, trustworthy interest that there's a way of going beyond, there's a way of releasing this anxiety, this heaviness of heart, this burden we tend to drag around with us. So instead of chanting, as we usually do at the beginning of the Sunday morning program, I've just been offering a little reflection on the refuges and precepts these last weeks since the first of the year. We take refuge in being awake to the way that it is so we can realize a way of being, a way of engagement that is free from that burden, that is light and nimble and generous and compassionate and wise. And that beauty of engagement comes from Buddha being intimate with Dhamma, waking up to the way that it is. So that's those are sort of a way to remember what is the issue at hand, waking up to the way that it is so I can live an engaged life that is really flowing out of this intimacy. And then we double down, like to really take refuge in this way, we need this resonant commitment to sila. Sila is the word for a deep valuing of non-harming. Non-harming ourselves, not harming others. And interest, like an enlivening interest, all the ways we might be planting the seeds for harm for ourselves or others in ways we're not aware of, like how we shop or how we relate, or systems, you know, like cultural systems, institutional systems that oppress other people that we're part of. But we don't want to get involved because it's messy, it's complex, and we don't know what the answer is. So part of this waking up means that we're not afraid of the complexity and the messiness. So we have to learn 
that leaning in, because not leaning in means we're afraid. So that doesn't mean we have to take on every responsibility. It just means that we're playing this edge. We're using the precepts, these trainings in non-harming. We're using it to help in the awakening process. There's really no awakening without this flowering, this blossoming of commitment to non-harming. So let's settle in for our sitting time now. Take a couple of longer, deeper breaths. Listen to the body, make adjustments. We're creating a noble sitting posture that has a lot of integrity, both in the sense of release and relaxation, but also this integrity of interest, uprightness that arises not from tightness, but from interest, really wholesome, enlivened interest in the present moment. And we're going to go through the first 12 of the Buddha's 16 steps for mindfulness of breathing. So just do the best you can, let that be good enough as we're learning and in a real sense memorizing this particular articulation from the Buddha about how to work with our heart, how to train the heart and mind. So allowing the breath to be ordinary. And the Buddha invites us to establish mindfulness to the fore, which I interpret to mean just remember now what it is to be mindful, which means what it is to remember this is how it is. And we can use the ordinary breathing process here in the body to remember to recognize the present moment. Breathing in is like this. The sensations of breathing out are like this. It's very simple. may not be the habit of the mind, but it's very simple. Remembering to recognize the present moment and using, if if it works for you, using the ordinary sensations of breathing in and breathing out to assist in that recognition of the present moment. Breathing in, the sensations of breathing in only happen in the present moment. The sensations of breathing out only arise in the present moment. And the next step, the Buddha is asking us to track the process of breathing in and the process of breathing out with enough attentiveness that we can discern the length of the in-breath and the length of the out-breath. It's not so much that we need to think about anything. We're just challenging the quality of attention 
to have enough continuity to be able to sense the length. Is it a longer in-breath or a shorter in-breath? A longer out-breath or a shorter out-breath? Cultivating the seamless, unbroken attentiveness in a relaxed way. From the very first moment, the breath begins to come in, sustaining that interest, that attentiveness through the in-breath to the very last moment of the in-breath. And in that short gap, from the very beginning of the out-breath, sustaining attentiveness to the very end, and then another gap before the next in-breath. And can this attentiveness, this interest, arise without any unnecessary tension in the body or mind? This is what we're learning here with these instructions. Continuity of attentiveness without tension. We're learning how to be interested in what's ordinary now. Remember, it's really okay to relax the body and the mind. So we're learning that relaxation supports interest.
interested in tracking the physicality of breathing in and the physicality of breathing out. And you naturally notice how the breath begins to settle and become more refined and more subtle and perhaps shorter as things settle. Remember to appreciate the pleasure of seclusion as soon as it's apparent in your experience. There's a pleasure in the simplicity. The mind is secluded from so much And it's such a simple cause for happiness not to have to manage the breathing process. Just allow it to be a natural movement. Even if it feels rough or uneven, trust the body to breathe, whatever that might be like. One half breath at a time, realizing that wisdom can be interested in something as ordinary as breathing in, breathing out the physical sensations, however you feel them in the body. Connecting, sustaining, Starting over in an easy way, gentle way. This heart, this mind can be trained to touch into the pleasure of seclusion, of simplicity. 
It's very healing. And the integrity of interest can only be moment by moment. In other words, it needs to be there in each moment, real, authentic interest in connecting with the sensation of breathing in or breathing out in that moment. Feel there's some good momentum, continuity of awareness. Then allow the third instruction in. The Buddha says one trains oneself, breathing in, experiencing the whole body. One trains oneself while breathing out, experiencing the whole body. So we're cultivating a more inclusive whole body awareness as we feel the breath coming in, as we feel the sensations of the breath going out. So the experiencing of the whole body becomes the meditation object as we breathe in and out. Don't feel like you have to pay attention exclusively to pain or discomfort. Practice feeling the whole body together, nothing left out. All the different sensations are valued equally as you breathe in, as you breathe out, including the neutral sensations in the body, the nondescript sensations. The mind is equally interested in the whole body, breathing in, breathing out. And there's deep healing in cultivating this whole body awareness. So much of our days, the awareness is not in the body. We are disembodied, and that's stressful. So we're learning to come home. The awareness is coming home to the body, breathing in whole body awareness, breathing out, experiencing the whole body, 
And this begins to have a calming, settling effect for the body. So the fourth instruction the Buddha asks us to train ourselves as best we can to notice the calming, settling effect in the body as you breathe in, as you breathe out, and allow it to naturally spread. This calm is just the reflection of the mind and body coming together in a beautiful, loving way. The heart not having any distance, any problem with the body. Unconditional acceptance of the body as we breathe in, as we breathe out, this is felt as a calming in the body. And remember, you can use meditation words whenever they're helpful. So for example, this instruction, you could repeat the word calming the body with each in-breath and each out-breath, just as a little support. We're not forcing, we're just noticing what's there. to begin again and again and again. No need to get frustrated. No need to give up. And you're always welcome to go back to the earlier instructions. And as the whole body begins to experience more calm with the in-breath, calm with the out-breath, See if you can notice that sense of lightness or flow can even be experienced as a kind of vibration in the heart, lightness, uplifting, upliftment of the heart, buoyancy. These are some of the words we use to point to joy or rapture. Piti is the Pali word. The Buddha says, one trains oneself, breathing in, do the best you can to experience joy. While breathing out, do the best you can to experience joy. And allow it to spread and deepen, filling the space of the heart, body, mind, that buoyant upliftment 
lightness of heart, bright interest, So again, if you'd like, if it's helpful to have a word or phrase, breathing in, experiencing joy. Breathing out, experiencing joy. Keep it simple. And of course, this joy, although subtle, is pleasant, a pleasant lightness, a pleasant flow, a pleasant bright interest, uplifting quality of the heart. The body, heart, and mind can feel more and more like a beautiful natural movement or flow. Body and mind feels alive with movement, the movement of joy. Shiny, bright, alive. like a radiant smile as we breathe in, a simple and radiant smile as we breathe out. Joy is a kind of blossoming of the heart. Natural, And it really feeds on being recognized. That's the fertilizer for the joy. Breathing in recognizing joy is what deepens and strengthens it. Breathing out, simply do the best you can to recognize joy. river of joy flows into the depths of the lake or the ocean and that joy matures into a kind of more resonant ease of the heart. Sukha is the Pali word for that inner happiness or contentedness, ease of heart. So again, the Buddha invites us while breathing in, 
practice as best you can, experiencing that ease of the heart. And while breathing out, as best you can, practice experiencing the ease, relaxation of the heart. Ah, that relaxation of contentedness, not needing things to be different. Just do the best you can. And notice the pleasant stability of the heart as you breathe in and out. The stability naturally comes with more and more ease. No place to go, nothing to do. Ease of heart. And when there is sufficient sense of ease as you're breathing in and breathing out, then the Buddha asks us, one trains oneself while breathing in, to simply notice the activity of the mind, thinking, perceiving, whatever. While breathing out, just practice as best you can, noticing the activity of the mind. But now with a lot of dispassion because of the contentedness, the ease, it's just thoughts being thought. No big deal. Thoughts just come and go. We can have a much more dispassionate, spacious relationship with thought and any mental activity. While we breathe in, And while we breathe out, learning to be aware of mental activity without having to be for or against it. It's just that natural thing the thinking mind does. It perceives, it feels, it thinks, it imagines. That's what it does. It's just that activity being known. And this spacious and dispassionate attitude 
it quiets the thinking mind, it quiets the mental activity. So notice that quieting as you breathe in, noticing that the mental activity is quieting and settling, just like the body settled. Now mental activity is settling, quieting. And of course, we can begin to discern the nature of the mind not shaped by thoughts, the nature of the knowing mind, the nature of the present moment. So instruction number nine, one trains oneself. While breathing in, experiencing the nature of the space of the mind, while breathing out, noticing, experiencing the space of the knowing mind, the space of the present moment. So again, just do the best you can. Of course, this is subtle. So be patient and trust your interest. Allow any activity of the, or activity of the body or mind, just allow that to be in the background or in the periphery. And instead, while breathing in, experiencing the sense of space of here and now, space of the knowing mind. And as the breath goes out, again, just sensing, intuiting, Trusting the space of the knowing mind, the silent and open, clear space of the knowing mind. We're learning how to keep this in mind with each in and out breath. And what really helps is to discern the refined pleasure of this quiet space of the knowing mind and experience the quiet pleasure as you exhale. The pleasure of that quiet, empty, silent, open space at the present moment.
and by noticing what is pleasant and wholesome, the mind purifies further, becomes quieter, more still, more empty of any self-centered doing, more quiet. Simply by appreciating the pleasure of the open, quiet space as we breathe in, as we breathe out. And finally, the 12th step, the Buddha invites us to train ourselves while breathing in, experience the releasing, the liberating of the mind and heart. While breathing out, experience the liberation, the releasing of the mind and heart. So we're specifically attending to the emptiness of self as we breathe in and out, the absence of drama, the mind not dependent on any kind of selfing. Just do the best you can for another minute or two. And even if you notice drama, selfing, notice those moments when it ceases or the gap between it and the next little drama that might arise. Realizing the mind free from grasping, self-centered clinging,
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.